1: welcome back everyone to the flow track
0: podcast happy friday i am kevin he is gordon subscribe if you haven't yet to the flow track podcast youtube page i'm still in austin texas gordon on location at the site of the ncaa indoor championships in birmingham gordon good morning how are things out there
2: good my internet connection looks like it is going up and down i see my my Wi-Fi signal, like checking in. So if you lose me any yeah. moment, I'm gonna have to re-log in. But just so you know, hopefully things are working. I don't know, but I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm at the NCAA. Wait, hold on, photo. There it is. NCAA. It is. I got this little mug. This little nice mug. So that's good. Uh, yeah, Birmingham NCAA starts tonight. Also goes into tomorrow. Excited.
0: Any last thoughts? You've been talking to coaches. You've been seeing people warm up. You've been seeing a lot of strides, a lot of block starts probably. Uh, Any last thoughts before the, the champs begin?
2: Well, I mean, a lot of my thoughts are kind of like personal thoughts, to be honest, because I mentioned it on the podcast Wednesday. This is the first time I've been at a track meet since Albuquerque 2020. Because uh, all the 2021 track meets, I was covering remotely. You know, we were yeah. interviewing athletes on Zoom and like doing all these weird hurdles and rules of how to interact with them. So mm-hmm. I'm just excited that um, it feels normal. I was like, this felt like 2016, 2017, 2018 all over again. And I was here mm-hmm. in, was it 2016 or 19? When was Berlin? Oh, 19, 19 and 16. It was
0: 19. Right? 19, yeah. 19 was Holloway. I was there with you for that one. That was a Holloway year.
2: Yeah. 19 was Holloway. 2016 was the Cheserac year where he pulled off the incredible triple, the year he should have won the Bowerman. So this is bringing back those mm. memories of <laughs> Cheserac's incredible DMR 5K, 3K performance. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's exciting. I saw Abby Steiner on the track um, doing some pre-meet. I saw you know, all the jumpers and sprinters and it was great. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad, you're, ran out the NAU I'm glad boys. you're out there. And to, the, to the NAU boys, they're big three of three athletes that potentially could be a podium team, which would be <laughs> crazy. Um, so yeah, it's good.
0: This episode of the flow track podcast is sponsored by Hoka maker of the brand new Cielo X, the most advanced spike shoe yet. Got the MD for mid-distance, the LD for long distance. I got the long distance ones in front of me. Gordon has the white mid-distance ones in front of him. The website again, hoka.com, Hoka Faster Forward. Let's do an update, Gordon, on the prediction. Sorry, the flow track. I gotta get the branding right here. Let's get an update on the flow track pick'em. Let's get an update on that because we're adding an extra pick that people can participate in. So let's, let's update the folks on how this works if they're just now tuning in.
2: So we have five picks, now six, where you guys got to pick the correct answer for a result that's going to happen at NCAAs. First question, NAU's total points with Abdi Hamanur and Nico Young. They're both in a 3K, 5K. How many points total are they going to score? 30 plus, 20 to 29, 10 to 19 or 9 or less. Note, this does not count if Drew Bosley scores. Drew Bosley scores 2 points in the in the 5k doesn't count towards that. It's just those two guys combined. How are they going to do? Um, I went with 30 plus, you went with 20 to 29. Next question is Abby Steiner, will she break sub will she run sub 22 seconds in the 200? I think it's not going to happen, but I think it could happen, but I think it's not going to happen because she's run 22.09. But if she were to run sub-22, that would be the freaking race of of the weekend. Um, mm-hmm. But we're both going with a the no there. And then the next question on the sprint side is Randolph Ross. Will Randolph Ross break Michael Norman's 400-meter American record of 44.52? It's the fastest time ever run indoors. Will he break it? Yes or no? We're both going with the yes. I think we're both going with the yes because we both went to North Carolina a and a few <laughs> weeks ago to film a workout Wednesday. We had some interaction with him, had an interaction with his coach, his dad, and we kind of got a vibe like, this guy's going to break this freaking record. So we're both going with the yes there. So hint, that's a little inside information. We talked to him. I don't know if that's inside information, but hey, whatever. Uh, and then the final two questions are, who's going to win the team title on the men's side and the women's side? Women's side, we're both going with Florida. Men's side, I think we have different picks. Um, Mm -hmm. I forget who I picked on the men's side. Men's side, I'm going with. Pick Georgia. No, I think that's wrong. I think I'm going with Georgia, and Kevin's going with North Carolina A&T. So we have to update that website. But you're going with North Carolina A&T. I'm going with Georgia, and then the final Mm -hmm. pick, the new pick. Who's going to get more right, me or Kevin? So basically. This is a – you have a 50% chance to be right. I always say mm-hmm. trust your gut and go with Gordon because Gordon, <laughs> 50% of the time is always right. So uh, that's all <laughs> I got to say about that. But, yeah, you can get bonus points if you correctly predict who is more accurate, me or Cap.
0: And if it's tie, it goes to me, correct, since I lost last week against you in Tokyo?
2: No, it's alphabetical order. It goes to the G, so Gordon. <laughs>
0: Okay, all right. Well, those are the picks. Um, I'm locked in on mine. I feel I feel pretty good about mine. Just to follow up on the Ross thing, you mentioned Fats and Norman's time because there was no drug testing at that year's champ- championships. It would be a world record too. So you're basically picking Randolph Ross to not only beat Norman's time, but that would be the the world record that is currently officially held by Karan Clement. So low track pick 'em. Check it out. Is there anything else people need to know as it pertains to this week's contest, Gordon?
2: No, just got to put your phone number in to be eligible. Again, if you go five for five on the um, Pick'em, you get, or it was make it five for six because we added an extra one. You get, um, be in the running to win a Fanatics gift card. And we just started this, right? We did Tokyo Marathon last week. We're doing this this week. We'll do Worlds next week. But we're going to increase the prizes as more people get in. And uh, make it more fun. It's going to be an ongoing segment and uh, get you guys involved with seeing how smart you guys are with watching track and field compared to Kevin and I. And if you think
1: you got a good handle on these picks, you could win because
0: Tokyo, I thought we'd have a million people get all three right. Mostly because you got all three right. And I thought, well, if Gordon can do it, most people could, could do it. And very few people got it. So with five and with questions that are this difficult, like trying to forecast the men's team race, there's going to be very few people who go five for five. So you have to like your chances um, of, of being one of those big winners if you're, if you're in the mix. Because I think it's going to be a very small number of people who actually are going to get five for five. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I will be one of those people. Who's going to join me in the winner circle next week? That's what I want to know. Who is going to be there sitting at Gordon? Now, because Gordon and I overlap on three of the picks, Gordon will get three out of five. I guarantee you, Gordon, you will get a 60% hit rate. The problem is you'll be going into a guy who's going to be batting a 1,000. Sorry.
2: Got it. Hey, 60% hit rate is like Hall of Famer. So.
0: Beyond, beyond Hall of Fame in terms of picks. You're beyond. making money. You're making money if you're going 60%. All right. So the champs start this afternoon, and we did the whole preview – last time. So we're gonna look more ahead because by the time people listen to this, you might even be past day one of the NCAA indoor championships and Gordon will have a full recap and all coverage on the ground. So I want to talk about some news from the world indoor championships, which are going to be the following weekend. And just before we started recording, I log on to Twitter. I see this tweet from World athletics promoting a matchup in the 400 between Sha'ne Miller Weibo and Femke bowl. And I'm wondering, Hey, when is this happening? This can't be at World Indoors. But then lo and behold, I see the graphic at the bottom of the photo, and it says World Indoor Championships there at the bottom, Belgrade 2022. So apparently, Shawnee Miller Weibo is going to debut at the World Indoor Championships. She's making her 2022 debut at the World Indoor Championships. She hasn't run a race since the Olympic final. And She apparently is going to race this 400 at World Indoors. Now, if you haven't been paying attention to the 400 on the global scene, because a lot of attention gets paid on the NCAA side, but it gets overlooked globally because a lot of the big names don't show up. Femke Boll has basically been having her way with that event. And yes, she's a four-meter hurdler, but she's very good in the flat 400. And she's been churning out win after win after win over in Europe. So this is gonna be actually a tough test, I think, for Shawnee Miluevo. Now, all things being equal, you obviously would take Shawnee Miluevo, but the fact that it's her debut and bowl has looked so sharp, I think makes this an interesting matchup. And we're used to having strange underdog type winners in the 400 at these World Indoor Championships or just pro 400s in general indoors. This will not be the case because one of these two women is gonna win and they're obviously both established names.
2: Yeah, and obviously there's the unique circumstance of it being a debut or a season debut for uh, Sean Miller-Weibo. It's kind of wild how when you are an athlete in certain countries, you can kind of just go this route. You don't need a... In the USA, there's so many people who technically want to be on a world team that they uh, would do this whole trials thing. You got to have a regular season. You got to qualify for the trials, et cetera, et cetera. But here, if you're just one of the best in your country all time, you can just be like, "Hey, we're gonna do this." You send and a then text like a week before. Send a text. Send the text. I'm in, and then you I'm show in. up. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to, you know. But uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how she does. I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where obviously Shawna Miller is the faster runner. I don't think anyone would deny that. Correct. But Femke Bull is showing consistency on the indoor season. And not just consistency, legit consistency. Fifty point three, as you know, when we're used to seeing women running forty nines and forty eights at the top, top level, fifty point three indoors is equivalent to like a forty nine at least outdoor. So mm-hmm. it's not like she's throwing down fifty one second times. That's like, all right, mm-hmm. that's 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 nice and all, but run something quick. Fifty point three is quick, and she's run fifty point three times this season. So I think. She, Femke Bull will be a tough challenge, and dare I say it, I think Femke Bull might win. I'm willing to go with she might win. Mm -hmm. Well, on the all-time list, miller
0: Weibo has run 50.21, and Bull is at 50.3. Now, the difference is miller Weibo's 50.21 comes from last year, and Bull, as I mentioned, has just been tearing it up, putting her best performances out there this year. Do you know how rare a Shawnee Miller Weibo indoor four hundred is? Prior to the one that you're looking at on the all time list there, 5021, when's the last time she ran an indoor four hundred? Not she's run three hundreds indoors and two hundreds indoors. When's the last time she ran a four hundred indoors?
1: I'm guessing college. Twenty fourteen. Is that college? Yeah. I think that's the year after college. No, year after college. Wow.
2: I think that shows that, you know, we, we harp on this all season long, but like the top, top athletes, while there are some that do appreciate indoor. There are a lot that are like indoor is not my thing. I'm an out. Mm -hmm. My, my job is running outdoors, not indoors. And when someone like Shawnee Miller Weibo can only run a 400 a few times Mm -hmm. in her long career, yeah. Kind shows how much they look at indoors. So I didn't even rank at this
0: show. I've been in the pro rankings show and I was like, I'm gonna do all the running events for indoors. So 60, six, that are that are contested at the world championships. So 60, 60 hurdles, four hundred, fifteen, three 15, 3K. But then the 400, I just left blank because basically it's your college rankings. And on the women's side it would be Femke Bowl and then your college rankings. So there was just no there was no interest in it. Now, her entering late puts some interest, but it puts interest in the into a one meet scenario. Looking at the chat here, it looks like a lot of people are, are picking Miller Weibo, which, yeah, you don't you don't blame people for for going that route. You know, she's run 48 3 outdoors. The the difference is how is she gonna do in an indoor setting in a one-off in a debut? But I'm excited that it's happening. Again, I saw that announcement and I was like, wait, is this real? Um, And very, very pleased that we're going to get a good 400 indoors. So it's cool.
2: Yeah. Tampa Eagle member for two months now says Miller for sure. And Jay Moss, Miller, Weibo by a mile. I don't think she's going to win by Mm -hmm. a mile because imagine winning a 400 by a mile. Be tough. Be tough. That's really hard to do. Yeah, I think. Incredible. I said this before
0: with Coleman at Milrose. Hey, he's not going to run unless he's ready to run. You got to feel the same way about the Weibo because they've been paying attention to what's going on in the rest of the track world. They know how well Bull's going to be running. I just think it's interesting because if you're looking at a pro athlete who's only going to run one race indoors, that one race is never usually the world championships. That one race is, it's Milrose, it's Birmingham, yeah. it's Tarun, yeah. it's New Balance Indoor Grand Prix, and then they call it a season. It's never, all right, yeah, I'm going to open this thing up. I mean, this is basically her outdoor season opener, but it takes place indoors in a way because of when yeah. the timing is. World Indoors is late this year, so you're basically, you're mid to late March. She's going to run this, and then she's probably going to go on her way and run another race a couple weeks later outdoors in Florida it just so happens that her debut happens to be in Serbia at the World Indoor Championships so you couldn't pick two more divergent paths to this race one person's a 400 meter hurdler who's been racing all indoor season the other person 400 meter champion who will be stepping the line uh for the first time this season so very excited to see that in terms of entries Gordon we got the Team USA entries out as well, too. A couple surprises on here, to say the least. So, we have for the men in the 60. Eli Hall qualified by virtue of that World Indoor Tour victory. But he's not entered. So, it's just Bracy and Coleman. The 400, Trevor Bassett won the quarter. Donovan Brazier was runner-up. But he does not currently have a spot in the open four. That's Marquez Washington. But Brazier is listed in the four by four pool, so I'm assuming that means that he turned down the spot and is just entered in the in the four by four. And then the three thousand just Dylan Maggard is entered. And then I saw Chris Chavez tweeted and Emmanuel Bohr posted that he's not um, he's not going to be competing in um, World Indoors. He's of course a member of WCAP with the Army and um he will not be he will not be competing after according to chris's tweet says after decision by the u.s army so don't want to speculate on that too much just because we don't have all the all the facts but i'm guessing that decision made late was made late which inhibited the ability to get other entrants in because we're already on remember because hawker passed it so you are you're at boar and maggard and then that next group you'd go maggard to connor mance or maggard to, to drew hunter um but this stuff happens in such a quick turnaround and processing has to take place so I can understand why that didn't get uh, resolved but I guess first let's start with the with the Brazier news we talked about it before when we initially saw that Washington wasn't going to be or was going to be on the open 4x4 team are you surprised that it's that it's going to be just Brazier in the 4x4 and he wouldn't take the open spot
2: well, yeah, I'm surprised, and I'm um, guessing this is the coaches thinking that they don't want Donovan to be running too many 400s individually, and I don't know why. I mean, this what is – What do you mean by the coach? I think this is His uh, coach? I think it's his coach, yeah. Okay,
1: yeah.
2: I think it's Pete Julian being like, we don't want you doing the 400. Go there, just do one, one split of a 4 by 4 call the day, focus on – you know, we're focusing on the 800 throughout the outdoor season. But I did. I think this is an overthinking. It's a freaking 400. Donovan Brazier is a world-class athlete. He can handle a 400. If he won, okay, if he didn't want to do it, then all this is mute. And it's like, whatever. You didn't want to do it, fine. But if he did want to do it, and you're, like, thinking, like, oh, no, I'm not sure if he should be running this 400 right now because we're thinking about what he's going to be in August or July of 2022. It's like overthinking it, and also it's going to be the weirdest situation. I'm willing to say this is the first time ever in the history of USATF track and field where a person who finished either top two or top three based on indoor/outdoor opted to not run but just stay in the relay. That has never happened. If it has, I would love to find out who has done it. But I'm well. Imagine someone getting second in the men's hundred, right, and being mm-hmm. like. Uh, No, I'm just going to do the four by one. Just put me on leg three. I'm good. And it doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. So I think it's weird. I don't know why. I'm sure people can ask him and he's going to have an explanation. I tried asking him. He kind of gave me a little bit of a runaround of being like, ah, you know, because I guess nothing was final yet at the time. But I don't know. I think it's kind of weird. I don't know. Wh- Donovan Brazier should run the 400. Like, who cares? Like, mm-hmm. like what's the re. I'm t- okay, let's just think about this. What would be
1: a reason to not run the four hundred?
2: What's the reason? Like when you're sitting down and be like, "We're not going to do this. You have to have a reason for it. You're not just doing it randomly. What are the reason? I think to not run the four hundred.
0: Okay, the reason here. we'll just I'll because I agree. I want to see him run. Oh, let me just put that out there, out front. But let me just play devil's advocate here. The reason is the whole goal going into the season was just to get into the four by four pool for this meet because you thought it would be fun. And it also placed your advantage because you don't have to come out of the blocks. You get a running start. And you had to run the open four in order to do that at USAs. And you just so happened to get into second place, which qualified you for the individual race. But you know that your strengths are going to be in the four by four.
1: So you don't think that the medal is in the cards. So you just go to the four by four instead of the open four.
2: Okay. So you think the med. So the reason why is you don't think a medal is in the cards. You would rather go into a race where and, you know you're probably going to win gold in the four by four. Okay. Not a medal in the cards. But here, hold on. Hold on. That's bullshit. Because there is a on, medal hold on, hold on, in the on, cards. In
0: okay. The I know. But I'm saying a, a better chance at a medal. Look, coming out the blocks is not his forte because he's an 800 meter runner. And I. So the whole goal was just four by four, four by four, four by four. He had to run it to get to this point, and he qualified. But I don't think the intention was ever to run the open four. I think that almost happened by accident. Here's my – sorry, go ahead, and then I'll, I'll let you finish your point. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Yeah,
2: my thing is he's not going up against Michael Norman. He's not going up against Randolph right. Ross. He's not going up against um, – Steven Gardner. Steven Gardner. I go on and on. He's not going up against forty three second guys. He's Mm -hmm. going up against like consistent forty four high, forty five low type guys. And Donovan Brazier can beat those type of guys. Donovan Brazier is probably going to split like forty five flat in the four by four, maybe even forty four high. I I predict because he's that talented. And so I think he could have won. I don't. I don't. I think uh, he could have won and. It's just a weird thing. Like, what are we doing? Why do we do it? What, like, it's so weird that, like, you're, like, focusing your season around just making a relay, but not doing the individual event. Like, Mm -hmm. I've expected he wants to do the relay in the first place. That's awesome because he's an 800 meter runner. Like, that's cool. But it's, like, a weird route to go about it. Like, I don't know. It's weird.
1: I I think if there was a way. Go
2: ahead. Like, is this also going to set him up for trying to make the outdoor 4 by 4 like cuz i don't know it's just weird i don't understand it track is weird well okay okay
1: here's the argument here's the argument
0: from the team USA side and i know this wasn't their decision he got to make this decision cuz it's not as if team USA said hey you know how you got second we're swapping you out for the guy who got third that's not that's not how yeah. it works here's the argument for the team USA guy, uh, side of things So they have two people entered in the individual event and then they have three people listed in the pool. At World Indoors, Gordon, four by four heats are in the morning on the last day and the final is at night. You want Donovan Prazier on that team fresh and healthy because you want to be able to count on him for two different legs and I think he's especially qualified to do back-to-back 400s on the same day. And there's only five guys. So only one guys you're, they're going to need all of them basically. They're going to use all of them on that day cuz if you assume Bassett and Washington are making finals, well the, that means the, the previous day they might be in a four meter final and then they're going to come back. So you're going to want to rest them in the morning which but you can only rest one of them, right? So you just don't have a ton of bodies. I mean, I guess you could use somebody in the 8. You could use you could use Grant Holloway maybe you could use somebody in the in the 60 but
1: from team usa's perspective i think you can count on him for two solid legs so that's the, that's a bonus but and
0: we've seen team usa lose this relay before i don't know how much of a priority is for them but we've seen them lose this relay before
2: it's not prior they're not thinking about strategy of the 4x4 four four. they put together that the 4x1 20 minutes before at the olympic freaking games yeah right? but that, that's the olympics this is the big the, show
0: this is the world indoor time championships between, this is the big time between, <laughs> a,
2: yeah, between a prelim and relay you know like they're not gonna know what leg they're running until they get on the track and they'll be like which one you first Me? you me okay cool all right i'm going first like that's they're not there's no there's no mastermind to the usatf four x four at worlds i don't know it's just a i know weird i'm just saying i and wish and, there was
0: yeah i, I, wish, I wish there, there was, was more thought
2: it's just a weird thing, and I guess we'll find out eventually we'll get an interview with Donovan. He'll say why um he'll give a reason, but um hey, it's gonna be fine. he's gonna go to four by four, they're gonna win, and uh that's that but so and at the end of the day, it's bickering over world indoors, so at the end of the day, Donovan kind of has a point. it's like it's world indoors guys chill out it's not that big of a deal, and he's yeah, kinda right, it isn't that big of a deal, so yeah. Again,
0: I think the whole – I think if he gets third uh, U.S. indoors and he never even had the opportunity to be named to the individual team, this would be a completely moot point. Oh, he got on the relay pool? Sweet, an 800-meter guy running in the 400 yeah. or in the 4x4. That's cool. And then we move, move forward from it. But, yeah, it, it is just – it is a tad confusing because passing on an individual event like that to just run a relay is basically unprecedented. Um, you like looking at tweets and speculating about them. Gordon, that's one of your pastimes, correct?
2: Oh, yeah. That's how I knew Bernie right. Hasty. switched to you?
1: <laughs> so this one's a little bit more
0: obvious. So Andre DeGrasse posts a tweet. It says, hashtag new profile pick. Stay
1: tuned, dot, dot, dot. And then you click on it, his current profile pick, and you see that his uniform is blank. There's nothing there. What do you think this means? I think it means he uh,
2: is retiring. No, I'm kidding. He's not retiring. <laughs> um, first of all, I think it means he needs to update also his Twitter banner because if you go to his homepage of his Twitter, Uh-oh. he's wearing a Puma shirt. <laughs> so he missed so – he forgot – he didn't – You didn't get both of the photos. You only got one of them. But basically what it means is he is announcing a new sponsor. And it's probably not going to be Puma because, you know, new profile pic without a Puma logo on it, you know. Now, but but hold on. That photo, though, isn't of him wearing Puma. That photo of him is him wearing his Canadian outfit because that's at the Olympics. Mm. So.
1: Interesting. He didn't actually. So maybe, maybe it's not leaving Puma. Maybe he's
2: leaving Canada and he's coming to US citizen.
1: That would shake things up. Because
2: that's a photo of him in a Canadian kit. Are we going to see Team USA Andre de Grasse?
0: Man.
1: I'm kidding.
2: But. Emergency emergency pod.
0: Emergency pod if it happens. Let us know. This is a very anticipated new profile pick coming. Track field is track and field uh, world is waiting with bated breath to to figure out what he's uh, what he's going to do next. Yeah, the, it made me remember the Puma contract because that was one of the few contracts that was actually reported. It was like over eleven million dollars, but they didn't say for how many years. And that was in fifteen, I want to say. Now things got because the pandemic things got screwed up and contracts got amended and changed. But because it was a high number, now we say high because it was one of the only ones we knew about. So there could be others that are just as high. I always thought, oh, that's ten years probably, a ten year deal. But we never actually knew because I went back and looked at all the clippings and it all just said multiple year. So yeah, that could mean seven years. That could mean 10 years. That could mean a lot of different periods in time. So yeah we'll see. We'll see. You introduced a new angle there that I didn't think about.
2: I mean, that's the thing because that is a photo from the Tokyo games. He's not wearing a Puma kit in that photo. Are you and sure it's a it photo
0: out. photo from the Tokyo games? Are you sure it's a photo yeah
2: from look Tokyo at the backdrop games. that is that is Canada that, that, that it's not Canada. that is Tokyo signage in the back. 100 percent
1: it, do, it does look like Olympic or World Championship signage, you're correct. Yeah. So he also kind of looks like,
2: looks kind of like cartoonish. Yeah. Like it. it looks like his skin is also painted over. Like they didn't just paint That's out it. the Jersey. They paint out his entire body. Like overall. Yeah. What if it's
0: not any of the things we're discussing, but it's just like, I signed a new deal with a sunglass company.
2: Or what if it's an NFT? What if he's one, what if he's getting you know how those NBA players are all <laughs> buying those bored ape club NFTs? Maybe he's making an NFT of himself. That could definitely be it. Is Andre de becoming right. a crypto crypto bro with his NFTs? Ethereum that's the blockchain, case. then we've all over. We've
0: we've definitely overshot this segment if that's the case.
2: It <laughs> could, because that's what they do. When people buy these NFTs, they change their profile pick. He's trying to tease his new NFT collection. Wow.
0: We went in from one direction to the entirely opposite direction. One that's an incredibly consequential move for track and field to, to where we are now. Okay. Um, other news. Let's see what else is here. Oh, I saw this. This is an interesting story. They're going to do team scoring and award team trophies for the world championships for the first time ever. Here's how the scoring will work. It'll be combined men and women. First place is eight, all the way down to eighth place, which is one point. And again, the team that wins will get trophies. So this made me look up, hey, who usually wins the team competition? And if you're thinking Team USA, you're absolutely correct because they do keep these stats. They don't give out trophies, but they do keep these statistics. And by my count, they won the last, 13 world championships and Olympics. It's never that close. 2015, the U.S. had a historically bad time at those championships, and they still won 214 to 174. The last loss came in 2003 to Russia, 217 to 160. So I do like this. This is fun. And they're doing it for the top three teams. So there could be some battles there. For second and third. One thing I wish they would have done, I wish they would have done a separate men's and women's competition just to involve more countries in it. Because if you have the US, who just because of the depth and breadth of their team is going to win, most of the time that takes some of the drama out of it. And if you cut the amount of events in half, you invite more teams in that could possibly win.
2: I agree with that. I also think they should have did the scoring 10 8 6 5 4 3 2 1 and not 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 like that's stupid. 10 8 6 5 4 3 2 1 is better. You should get more credit for winning as opposed to just getting uh, right right like yeah, anyway. So I think that um the problem with this situation is that So technically it, everything is on an equal basis because everyone can only send a certain amount of people per event, right? So there's li- limits on events, so therefore it is yeah. equal because everyone only gets 3 slots, four if you have a wild card. I'm just trying to think of a way to come up with a new system that isn't going to be obviously USA every time. Like USA is going to win this every time. Like they're never yeah. going to knock and win this. And that kind of sucks. You wish there could be a way to figure out how to make it so USA has to like be like, earn it. I don't not that they're yeah. not earning it. I get it's just like you kind of wish it wasn't so one one sided. Like you mentioned, the last time they lost was to Russia, and Russia's not even in the world athletics anymore. So, like, uh, yeah. you just kind of wish there was a way to score the team that wasn't obviously who knew the winner was going to be because then it's like who's going to win? We like where we know who's going to win. I think splitting up 13 our in a row that a bit. So,
0: yeah, you want to shrink the years. amount of events, but. Cause when you go back and you look at all these championships, there's years where the U S didn't have the most gold medals. And there's years when the medal count is pretty close. The problem is the more this relies on depth, the U S advantage just grows and grows and grows because four through eight, that's where having three people in virtually every event starts to pay off. So the way to make it closer would be to shrink. The amount of people that are scoring, but that's a tough task. What this does highlight, and I was talking to a coach the other day about this, he brought points. Like, if you did a team scoring at the Olympics and there was a team medal, USA Track and Field would be among the most dominant teams in history, right? Because as I just mentioned, relative to the world, if you score it yeah. every single event, 13 titles in a row for usa and in most cases it's not close now the u.s dominates a lot of different sports on the olympic side of things but track it's hard to envision them losing going forward because it's it just seems like every time they're going to get three in every single event and every time they're going to get close to 30 medals and then you just do the math from there it becomes very difficult for anybody to catch up
1: So now here's the next question. Mm.
2: If you make the world championship team for USA, you get knocked out in the first round. Do you get to call yourself a world champion? Because your team won?
1: I think the trophy is just a team trophy. Yeah, it says team trophies. So
0: it just goes to the coach, I think. So no, you don't. You don't get to. The coach gets to call themselves a championship coach. I don't think the individual like, you're on that like yes, team.
1: and I want a team title. Look at me. there would be a new stat line. It'd be oh. like
2: Ryan Krauser, 30-time team champion. Team title. He's just on every one yeah. championship
0: team. Do you think in the future we could see this at the Olympics where they literally give out medals to everybody on the team too? And it's counted?
2: I, doubt, I mean, yeah, I can see them doing it, but it's also, it's like participation points. Like, and the the problem you is,
1: have...
2: that, you know, also we call it team USA, but like, they're not on the same team. Like mm. they just happen to live in the same square footage of, of land, you know, square miles of land. That's the only <laughs> mean they make them team. Interesting. Um, I mean, you could also say that for any track team, really. Because I'm here at NCAAs and even though you're on one team, they're all segmented. Like the high mm-hmm. jumpers aren't being coached by the same person that's coaching the 800 meter runners. And because they never really train together when they're even here, they're kind of in their own little silos. Technically they are wearing the same Jersey. They might have one group, big group team meeting at the end of the day, you know, they're not really connected. So I feel like that's, Issue with track and field team sporting is that the sports are so the events are so different from each other.
1: Like yeah, there will be a yeah.
2: connection between the four hundred to one hundred meter guys and the in the short hurdle guys, and there will be a little bit of a connection between fifteen hundred meter to to ten k runners because it's the same event group. Same thing with jumpers, but uh, they don't train. It's not like you're the point guard and you're the shooting guard. You know, it's not like a basketball yeah. team where they're like intertwined. not connected it would be connected if we decide this is how we can make it a real team championship i just came up with a great idea 18 events and it's one giant relay so you have a 100 meter they hand off to a 200 meter runner they hand off to a 400 meter runner you keep going and then when you get to the field Mm -hmm. events they you hand the baton to the long jumper who jumps Mm -hmm. a certain distance They hand it off to the triple jumper who jumps a certain distance. Then shot put, it's about how far you go, right? Maybe you start with the jumping because that's your head start when you get to the track. Then you end it with the marathon. That's the ultimate team championship. It's one giant relay, and it's like, go. I would watch that. I would 100%. You know, even if you take away the field events, I would 100% watch the fastest runner in each event from one country. Just a, just seeing freaking Canada versus America or whatever. And they just start – we're like, all right, we're starting with the 100, and then we're just getting longer and longer distance and seeing what happens. That will be fun. You know who wins that?
0: You know who wins that relay? No. On, on the men's side and women's side? Kenya because it ends with a marathon, and Kipchoge is going to make up for the, any deficit. There may not even be a deficit. But running two tenths you faster in th- the hundred doesn't really matter when Kipchoge is going to have the stick for two hours. I think he'll take care of that. Or guy. Here's a better idea. Yeah. Here's a the better then idea. He would probably would. You mentioned you have these delineated event groups. We should lean into that. So why don't we just have a sprint champion, a di- you know yeah. a distance champion, jump? Spring we can champion. break it up by yeah jumps, or you can even do jumps and throws because there's enough throws to have. It's separate competition.
1: Yeah, because that and would allow,
0: yeah, other countries to get in the mix. It'd be kind of fun. And then the U.S. Then you would see Jamaica win. US would and Kenya win. So, well, and it would be a double-edged sword for the U.S. because their depth would would not work against them, but all of those third, fourth, and fifth place finishes wouldn't help that much. It'd be interesting. Someone, if you're bored, go back and score. 2021 Olympics that way by event group, and email us flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Maybe I'll do that when I'm on vacation. I'll try to figure it out. But like, there would have been years where obviously on the men's side, Jamaica would have dominated that.
1: And, I mean, yeah, Kenya, Ethiopia, et cetera, et cetera. That would be that'd be fun to watch,
0: to follow throughout the throughout the course of the meet. Where would you put the hurdles? Separate or would you throw them in with sprints hurdles?
2: Hurdles goes to sprints, so it'd be so you got the one, one, two, two,
0: four, four, and then both relays and then both, So they'd have so they'd have seven events because you got to put both relays yeah. in there too, right? And then the distance yeah. would have eight, fifteen, five, steeple, ten. ten, marathon. So they would have six. That's that works. And then you have
1: the long jump, four, high jump, four, triple jump, jumps. pole vault. Yeah. And then and the fourth. And then you put the heptathlon with the jumps or the throws? I'll put a heptathlon with the throws. Okay.
2: Hey. I like the idea. You should be, you should knock on Sepco's <laughs> uh, door. Let him and know. would
0: you want to score it eight deep or would you just score it like metal table style, just top three?
2: No, eight deep and then they need to change it to okay. ten eight six five four three two one, not eight seven, six, five, four, three, two, one.
1: Gotcha. gotcha. Not good. All right. Still, team trophies. But if you have a chance, we can do one of the pickups right now.
0: Uh, will team USA win the team title? Yes. Yeah, pick yes on that one. It was it was two hundred and sixty three to one hundred and six last time. 2019, 310. And that was when, remember, the U.S. struggled? U.S. struggled at the Olympics? Came up short in a lot of events? 263 to 106. 2019, 310 to 122. Some of the silver and bronze stuff would be close, but it's just, it's just not going to be close unless there's a drastic change in global athletic dominance. We also had, Gordon, uh, the USA standards that were released. I don't know if any of these stuck out to you. This is for this year's U.S. championships. You know, on the men's side, you know, the one and the two are the same as the world championship standard itself, like the actual to get into the championships. These are the the U.S. champ standards. Um, Women's side, pretty similar. Like the sprint standards are what the world standards are, and then it slows down from there. But 337 flat for the men's 15, 405.7 for the women's 15. Women's five sticks out to me at fifteen, 15 thirteen, because I remember not too long ago when, like, if someone ran fifteen fifteen early season, you're like, "Ooh, they could be somebody." And now to get into the USA's, it's fifteen thirteen.
2: Yeah, but I also think in general these distance marks, looking at like if you looked at them like you said two or three years ago, you're like, "Whoa, that's that's crazy." Mm-hmm. But with the shoe technology, that's becoming normal. I mean, mm. we're starting to normalize these faster marks. So I don't, I'm not really overwhelmed by any mark here. Mm. Um, I think people are going to struggle to get that 337 men's 1500 meter mark. Not that many people run 336. Because you see 337. Oh, it's like, oh, I, I, people run 337. Yeah. But it's 337.00. So you have to actually run 336. And I yeah. think there's going to be some people who struggle to get
0: that. Some people forget about the tents, Gordon. Some people forget about the yeah. tents. Uh, that's always the the big one and the, the 10 and the five to a certain extent as well. And we've seen some field event uh, standard issues in the past. But, yeah, it is just interesting the difference, the sprint and the distance side of things where there's no problem about meeting the standard because to get into
1: USAs, they have to have run the standard. <laughs> So no issue there for them. Just get top three. That's right. Yeah. All right. Anything else?
2: You to, uh, I've been hearing some rumblings, some rumblings Uh-oh. here at NCAAs. It's just an overall vibe. vibe.
1: Hold on. Hold on. Is
0: there breaking news? You doing breaking news?
2: I don't know if it's breaking news. I could call it breaking Duke news lost. and you'll get mad. <laughs> oh, shit. Breaking news, breaking news. Duke has <laughs> lost the game. Guys, guys, it was a big deal. That was his news story all day that Duke lost their final home game, all right? <laughs> and it was broken. I breaking. But... All
0: right. Go ahead. What's your, um, what's your vibe? What's the vibe think, So you're breaking?
2: Talking to a bunch of coaches here, they are not happy with how the season ended because – And I think it's really highlighted by how quick times are. So it's mainly distance coaches, but obviously it was a record setting top 16 mark in pretty much every distance event. Like someone, there was a, there was times that were 17th in the country that were like top two last year. Right. It's been stupid fast. And A lot of these marks also got done like at the end of the year and during conference Mm -hmm. championship meet. And basically coaches are like, I'm going to my conference championship and I'm spending more time refreshing results around the country than trying to win my conference title with my guys, with my kids. And it's like, that's not right. Why am I caring more about, a top 16 descending order list from around the country and trying to win my conference title? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why is an athlete who goes on to win their conference mile, finish the race, and says, I'm sorry, coach? It's like, you just won. He's like, well, I ran 0.5 seconds too slow, so I'm not going to nationals. And he's like, that's not right. Which I kind of have a point. Like, it's kind of weird. You go on to conferences, win it, and be like, sorry, coach. It's like, sorry, you freaking won. That's what. And basically, it comes down to with the standards, with the time, people running so fast and people jumping across the country, going to fast track here, flat conversion track there. The essence of just going to a track meet to try to win it is like, kind of leaving the picture. People are running regular season for just. Being top 16 and not running the regular season to win the race that they're in, and uh, I think there's reasons for this. I, I communicate like, yeah, it's because it's shortened season. It's because it's only top 16 outdoors. 96 people get to go right. to regionals, so it's a lot easier to be in the top 96 and top 16. And so there's there's definitely factors in with people running fast. It feels hard. It feels weirder because you're like seeing, you go into the year thinking. If I coach a 748 3K runner, that's amazing, mm-hmm. and they're going to NCAAs, but now that they're like 30th. So there's just a sense from the coaches that they kind of are frustrated with the qualifying procedure for NCA indoors, and that it's mm-hmm. kind of taken away from the essence of racing and that the sport that those two months are just like overwhelmed with mm-hmm. results tracking and not racing. That was interesting.
1: But that's been the case for years now.
0: People fly across the country, teams going to multiple meets on a weekend, the lack of dual, tri, quad-type meets. Is the difference now you just don't know what it takes and before you at least knew what it took so you could bank a time early on and then you say, okay, now let's focus on competition because you have the time and then now no one knows what to expect?
2: I think, yeah, I think in general there was, like, not research, but there was an understanding. You kind of had an idea of what it took. So yeah. while you're still chasing times, you kind of knew when you're safe. But with the with these shoes coming into the mix, these coaches have yet to recalibrate to actually what the new what it takes is. And yeah, this was the first year of them being caught off guard with what it takes. I mean, we have coaches thinking that, I mean, Dave Smith was like, 928 is safe in the DMR. And we were like, maybe mm-hmm. it's not. And it clearly wasn't. It's a good thing he ran again three weeks later, and they yeah. ran like 924, and they're in. Or whatever they ran, 920 something. Uh, but I think it's because the coaches are all caught off guard with this season. Okay. Like, because so, so see- they were. I, I mean, see- we were. Like, like yeah. 90 kids are breaking four minutes in a mile. Like, it's incredible. So I see three possible solutions
0: to this. One, everybody just gets used to the times because the shoe stuff slows down and then we just revert to what it was a couple of years ago. Similar scenario. People are still flying all over, but you at least know what it takes and you can bank it. Two, they actually change they try to mimic the outdoor season where more people get in and they have a qualifying meet so that way you can you don't need to run as fast the time of the regular season, you can focus on the other um the other meets. Or I guess a more extreme example would be that and this, this is one thing we talked about at the beginning of COVID when we were talking about NCAA teams being strapped for cash and just the – or is this just going to turn into four super conferences out there for D1? And if it does, then you could just do a straight qualification from those four super conferences, and then, and then that, that solves the problem. Maybe you have a couple at-larges, but then everybody just qualifies out of conference. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Or the third and final one you lock the times at a certain point and that's pre-conference so then conference you could just focus on competition and make it a little more even but with the season being so short taking away a chance to qualify doesn't seem likely which one of those scenarios do you think it'll end up being i mean i have my money on the first one
2: yeah, I mean nothing no change is going to happen. That's always where you should put your money because people when you have to get a bunch of coaches to agree to something, you're going to always have someone it's like government. You can never get everyone on the same page for any right. change because everyone's like, "Ah, that affects me differently." Nope. You know, it's like, oh, "Okay." Um Yeah, I mean, coaches were throwing out ideas like you can't like get rid of last chance meets where like once you have your conference meet, you're done. You can't do anything after a conference meet, Uh, which I don't know if I like that. It's like, okay, that's weird. All right. And then another one was like, um, what was the other one? Oh, this was interesting. You only can run, only times on banked 200 meter tracks count. So you can't go to a flat track or 300 meter track or an altitude track. And you can do that. You can run those times but doesn't count towards qualification, which I was mm-hmm. like, obviously it gives an advance for people who are yeah, near exactly. those tracks. Yeah, uh, And they say, well, there's so many of these 200-meter tracks now, it's fine. Like, There mm-hmm. used to be a time where we have so many more indoor tracks than we used to have, so it's okay, yeah. which I don't know if that's true. And another one, which I thought was crazy, is your mark only counts if
1: everyone in the field is a college kid.
2: So you can't, it's you can't just so be tough. Rabbited by pros.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that one actually, if you told some, that rule to somebody who has no knowledge of track and field, that would make total sense to them. Cause they'd be like, wait, why yeah. are pros competing in a college race and helping a college? Like, You're getting an advantage out of that because you're helping yeah. that college kid qualify for a meet. They can go and score points and they can win an NCAA title. That one actually, it doesn't, to us, we're like, no, that wouldn't work because what are you going to do with this meet and that meet and this meet and that meet? You're going to make yeah. this person run at Milrose? They're not going to be allowed to run at Milrose? But they're faster than all the pros. They should be able to run at Milrose. Yeah. But if you're not involved in the track world, it's, it's like, of course, that makes sense. I think the problem with all these is track is just still this unwieldy big sport, a lot of different constituencies, a lot of different needs being met. And you make one change and you, you piss off one group. And they do another change and you yeah. piss off another group. The track thing is a perfect example. Well, not everybody has access to track. Not everybody has um, the ability to travel all over the country or send their team in multiple different places. Some of these schools at altitude, well, you have to give them a conversion, right? But then the, the non altitude schools are like, well, the conversion is, is too much. Or the you're to flat track. Well, that conversion is off. It's either too slow or too fast. With regular yeah. track, outdoor track, there's only one way they build those tracks. In in general, at least in the distance, uh, the distance of the track around, you still have the altitude factor, but you're right. You're qualifying so many people that the time element is lessened. So yeah, my, my thought is that it's just going to stay where it is because any change is just going to have as much push and pull. But going back to your cross country idea from way back when having a multiple step qualification process would be helpful like it would level the playing field in one sense but it also just you have a hard time figuring out how that's going to fit into this small window of time that they have for indoors
2: I mean why don't we do this just thought of this right now you ready it's not top 16 I qualify it's it's not top 16 I qualify it's top 64 (laughs) that qualify in every event No one's going to complain that their sixty-fifth ranked athletes not in, right? Because it's like, all right, well, you come on, you could be top sixty-four if you wanted to. All right, so you got rid of the complaints. Boom. All right, when do you want? How do you how do you find a winner out of sixty-four? I'll tell you. Regional first weekend of, no first weekend of March Madness, you host a track meet, and you will the the field down to thirty-two, and then the next weekend of. March Madness, because it's three weekends of March Madness. You wheel the field down to 16. And then the final weekend of March Madness, you have your NCAA field. And so we really just hijacked March Madness. We host the yeah. track meets at the locations of NCAA basketball. <laughs> and then we just piggyback off of their, their – Publicity, and then we have a bunch of basketball fans coming to our track meet. We'll have like LeBron James sitting track side watching the triple jump. It's gonna be great. So,
0: yeah, that won't happen. But starting at sixty (laughs) four, those interesting because you could go sixty four down to thirty two, and then you could go thirty two all the way down to the final from there, couldn't you? Yeah, do that. So that way, the the championship weekend is just one little. Like it's it's one session, basically, yeah. or I guess two two short sessions. You could do it that way. I guess you'd have to. You just have to back everything up, and then it just. The problem is, is like indoors just jammed in there. <laughs> indoors just jammed in between cross and outdoor, and there's just not a lot of back anything up. I
1: don't, think you, can
2: anything, I don't think you. Yeah. You want to ex- I think you extend it all the way to April. Well, you just. Well, maybe you should just tell people to run more in January. Coaches are just well, arbitrarily f- deciding, like, I can't be fit now. I have to be fit later. I don't know.
1: Yeah. You need to do another coaches, pod on this. You should do a pod I mean, on this. coaches a, are
0: – you, you should do an NCAA track designed, show on this. Well,
2: sorry. Keep interrupting you. Sorry. Coaches have designed that only two weekends matter, mid-February and beginning of February. Slash end of January,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: why? Because that's just how we do it. Two weeks out of conferences, yeah. four weeks out of conferences. That's just uh, that's the cycle we go on. That's the way it works. Sorry, you know. I don't know. Remember that time you did a really hard workout on a Tuesday? Maybe <laughs> host a track meet that day. Instead of doing that hard workout on a Tuesday, host a track meet. Boom, done. Call we we have we have a workout Wednesday series where. We host all these track meets on Wednesdays mm-hmm. and instead of running the workout, <laughs> workout, we actually put a fully automatic timer on the track and then we record it and it's official and then that's your time. <laughs> Obviously, I'm joking a little bit here, but no, maybe not. I don't know. I think uh, track is just, yeah, it's a weird sport where we kind of overcomplicate it and coaches are going to complain that we're not getting back to the essence of just racing. But you do have to admit that coaches are part of the problem because they're going to they train their athletes, yeah, to you know be under raced, you know, yeah, yeah, and you know overthink it about strategy and this that and the other thing. It's like I don't know. All right, we'll leave it there. Enjoy the yeah, indoor actually... meet that you're at, though, Gordon.
0: I am enjoy that meet. Don't let all that stuff take away from the fact that you're at your first. Track me in two years. Do the flow track pick them. Um, subscribe to the flow track podcast YouTube page, the flow track YouTube page. Uh, Gordon will be doing on site coverage, then he's gonna have some world previews. I'll be off next week, but Gordon is gonna make sure to do a terrific job. Thank you to Colt, thank you to Travis, thank you to our sponsor, Hoka. Remember, Hoka.com, faster forward, get those CLOMDs MDs and LDs. Gordon, you have any
1: last thoughts?
2: Trivia question for you Can you guess? What is keeping my hookah shoe up? What is it sitting on?
1: Is it a... I'll do a a reveal. Empty trash can. No. Do you want a second guess? A bottle. It is a bottle. It's a water bottle. (laughs) Look
2: at that thing. Very good. just floating, sitting on the water bottle. It's got a carbon I'll just on top sit of the right there. It's impressive. Right
0: there. Anyway, didn't wobble at all. I would have knocked it over a couple times. Impressive mic control by you two, Gordon. Enjoy the meat, everybody. It's been
1: very peace.